And now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, hop along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California. Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Reel Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Hey, thank you, Mark Larson in Southern California. Welcome again to another live edition of Rod and Reel Radio. I am indeed, and I can't say you're underfished host. I am just your fished out host, Hopalong John Cassidy. And why do I say that? Boy, it has been my pleasure in the past month to spend exactly 13 days on the water. So that's almost a record for me. So Right now, we're awful fishy, and we're going to be talking fishing tonight. we got a great show lined up for you tonight. Let me, let me let, just fill you in on who we've got uh, waiting in the wings. Starting off right out of the gate, we're going to have Captain Frank Ursetti. Captain Frank is the managing partner of H&M Landing. We're going to talk about current fishing conditions, and if by any chance you've been living in a cave or hiding under a rock, there are some special restrictions that are coming out from the California Air Resources Board, better known as CARB, that can jeopardize the livelihood of the recreational sports fishing industry here in Southern California. We're going to find out all about it and how we're progressing to keep that from happening because there is a possibility that the fleet could close down as early as 2023. So Captain Franker said he's going to be with us. And then later on to the show, you know, lobster season is right around the corner. Who better to have with us than Jeff Hunt from the lobster board out of Oceanside. We're going to learn the ifs, ands, and buts of lobster fishing techniques and some of the special regulations that are in effect that we should know if you are a recreational lobster hooper. So stay tuned. Jeff Hunt will be with us. And then later on in the 6 o'clock hour, tournament director Jim Slight will be with us. Jim is uh, on his way back to San Diego, having fished in the Wild West Bass Tournament at Lake Havasu. But Jim is also the tournament director for the upcoming Paul Leader Memorial Tournament. This is a tournament that has been going on here in San Diego since 1999. We're going to want to hear all about that, when the dates are, what the entry fee is, and better yet, what? The cash prizes. So a lot in store for you tonight. But before we get started, first of all, my, my first co-host, uh, Stan Vandenberg, he is fishing with Captain Bobby Taft on the Top Gun 80. So he's not with us. But with me tonight is my other co-host. She is the national sales manager for Iserline, represents many other fine products in the fishing industry. She's also an expert hunter and fishermen in her own right. And she's been out in the water a lot in the last couple of weeks. So we're going to talk a little bit about fishing tonight. That's Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, how you doing tonight, ma'am? 
I'm doing pretty good, a little exhausted. I've been running here and there, but I do have some good news for once. What do you mean for once? Wendy, <laughs> you, are the, you are the source of good news all the time. <laughs> well, CCA California uh, took over the reins for the 365-day license. It has unanimous, unanimously passed the Senate and the Assembly, and it's now sitting on the governor's desk. So that we're close. Is- That is something. Now, do you know how much time the governor has to sign that? You know, I have no idea, and I don't know what's going on because there's an election on Tuesday. Well, yeah, you know, boy, is that ever a double-edged sword. We'll be talking about that, but let's hope Governor Newsom, because of the fact that this has had unanimous approval from both sides of the aisle going all the way up to his desk, that this is something we're finally going to see here in California. So, man, congratulations to all the people that worked on this, and especially the CCA for, you know, taking the one of the leadership roles and getting this done. This is, this is going to be, I think, a big boom for the economics of sport fishing and hunting here in the Southern California area and throughout the state of California. Absolutely. And, you know, we really have to thank Wayne Kotel, Koto, uh, uh, he he uh, just does an amazing job as our executive director for CCA. That, we couldn't have done that, it without him. That's good, and and then also all the senators that were involved that stuck their neck out because, you know, here in the state of California, it seems like oh we want a new ta- gas tax, so let's pass it. Oh, we want another. $10 billion for the bullet train. Let's go past that. Oh, you want a 365-day license to, to go fishing? Let's take five years to consider if we really want to do that. It, it seemed to be rather crazy. But, yeah. Well, what, Wendy, you are just back from a fishing trip. You were out during this past week. Tell us a little bit about it. Well, I had a, a two-day Iserline trip on the Excalibur with Chuck, Captain Chuck Taft. And uh, I just love fishing with Chuck. He's awesome. And uh, we we ended up going out to the Tanner, and we had a blast. The bluefin wanted to bite in the spot we were at. 50 oh, yards right. away from us was the Ocean Odyssey, was Rick and Sergio and his crew, Angler's Chronicle, and they were catching nothing but yellowtail. So they had all yellowtail, and we had all bluefin. And we're just, <laughs> we're, we're just a rock away, hop, skip, and a jump. But... Uh, this trip was awesome. All the passengers were awesome. The crew is great. Uh, Robin did a great job in the galley. Uh, we caught uh, 36 bluefin, and we started out. Um, we started out on the tanner on the, during the day. They didn't want anything but live bait, and of course, you know, either a four or a size one circle hook for the bluefin oh, wow. tuna. Um, you know, a lot of people were using 25 pound, but they were losing a lot of fish. I was using 40 pound and getting bit. Um, I I hooked up to 10 fish total. Um, I did some hooking and handing, and I I was able to keep two in the 25 to 30 pound range. And I lost as soon as as soon as it gets dark over there um, at the tanner. Get your knife jigs out, and that was the ticket. Um, I was using the Leadmaster knife jig that was blue chrome and a glow belly 
Mm-hmm. And um, on my last trip also on the searcher, I used that same jig. And every time I use that jig, um, I get bit. But I now have to uh, go back and go buy some more (laughs) 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 because I lost a big one about 20 feet away from the boat. I was my top shot had already come through my guides, my connection. I was almost, you know, I can't I couldn't see over. I can't see over the rail. I'm too short. And (laughs) and so but I know how much how much leader uh, top shot I had out there. And uh, I was almost in. But uh it decided that uh, it didn't want to come on the boat, and it took off and broke my line. Well, Wendy, it sounds like, you know, uh, this past week I was in Canada and was looking at a lot of the reports from San Diego, and there was a lot of people that were thinking that the bluefin bite was over. But it sounds like you and a number of the other boats that are out there have proved it kind of wrong. It isn't that they're over. It's just that they've changed their positions a little bit and they're still out there if you want to get great bluefin yeah you know it's a funny thing these guys have have uh fins and a tail (laughs) and they like to move around where the bait is but uh you know uh i think the key was for me hooking hooking those fish was shoulder hooking and and i don't know what it is maybe it's because those bluefin are looking up and they don't see the hook when it's up in the shoulder up before the dorsal fin why don't you explain what you mean by that? You know, because we know, you know, we know a belly hooking and we know nose hooking, but shoulder hooking is that the same as hooking through the collar or what, Wendy? No, that's not hooking through the collar. I guess you would say if a sardine had a neck, <laughs> it would be right before, right before the shoulder. So it's his head and like a neck part, and right before the dorsal fin. That's where you want to put your hook. And you and you want to do it, you know, sideways like you you would with the nose. Okay, and you don't want to be touching any of the gills or anything like that. You want to go kind of through the uh, the flesh of the the bait. Yes, just you know, not too deep so he's bleeding, but All not right. so shallow that you just have the skin. All right, and when you do that, what kind of action does that give the bait? Because I I know what happens. Most of us do when you nose hook it. And, you know, when you uh, belly, uh, when you belly hook it, but what type of uh, swimming action does collar hooking give that fish? You know, um, I've had, I've watched them and sometimes they're up on top of the surface. So you have to really watch because if, if they swim up to the surface, then you have a chance of, you know, having a chicken dinner. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes they, they'll go down, but I really can feel my fish moving. You know, you have you can stay in contact with your bait and it's it's really nice where some people, you know, and, and that's the key with catching fish, too, and staying out of tangles. You have to follow your line and you have to be able to fill your bait. If you can't fill your bait swimming anymore. Reel it in and start over. And that's the key. You want a lively bait. And, you know, that's one nice thing about fishing with uh, Captain Chuck Taft on the Excalibur. They have the capacity to hold a lot of bait, and they are not afraid to use it. So don't be afraid, as Wendy said, if you can't feel your bait swimming anymore, it's time to reel in, get another bait, and start over again. Because uh, the chances are either you're not going to get bit, or you're going to be so far away from the boat when you finally get bit and get that first run, if you, you're going to take forever to reel that fish in. Right. 
Right. Now, Wendy, you may also made another comment. Some of the fishermen thought that they had to go to a lighter pound test in order to hook up the fish, but they found out that once they hook up the fish, they didn't have enough horses to bring it in. You know, and, and, and that's one of the things I do when I first, you know, the first, as soon as we get on a, on a spot and there's fish and Chuck's like, oh my gosh, it's, you know, there's a lot of fish. You know, I like to throw out the heaviest line I think they will bite first because it's brand new to them. They're not line shy. And if I get bit, then I'm going to keep using that heavy pound line. I usually start with 40, 50, or 60. Well, I knew because I had been out a week before that 40 pound was probably the max I wanted to do. So I started off with 40 pound and it was, you know, it's so much easier and so much you pull harder when you know that you have heavier line and, you know, you have a chance of catching a 15 to 20 pounder, but you also have a chance of catching a really big fish, a cow, a super cow, you know, a hundred pounder. You know, and so you really want to be able to use the heaviest line possible because I would hate to hook into a hundred, hundred pounder on 25 pound test. You, you know, you'll take forever to get it in. And the longer you have that fish on your line, the more chances of you losing it. And uh, you made another important, uh, important point there. And that was the size of the hooks. You actually size down on the hooks much rather than sizing up tell us about that yeah you know the um the, the last few years it's been really really small hooks that you know that uh we've been getting bit on and i don't know if it's whether the hooks are too heavy for the sardine or whether the uh, the fish can the bluefin tuna can see the hook or whether you know it's just swims your bait swims better with a smaller hook you know it could be all of the above but yeah, a four or a one. Um, I would say a. One. I was using a one. Chuck told me to go. That's too big. But I don't know. I got bit ten times. Well, it, it certainly sounds like it. And uh, where was it a uh, conventional J hook? Uh, did you find that you had a lot of confidence in a circle hook or what? When I fish bluefin, I like to fish circle hooks. So I was using circle hooks. If we were gonna. You know, if we were in Rick's spot on the Ocean Odyssey, I would have been using <laughs> a, a gorilla owner gorilla hook, which is like a J hook. Well, you know, we've had Captain Chuck Taft on uh, the show many a times, and I think one of the things that uh, Captain Chuck has is he has the electronics on that boat because he's kind of an electronics freak when it comes to putting that stuff in. He, Steve, and and Captain Bob that uh, uh, I think they can find some fish that maybe some of the other boats maybe uh, can't, and they might have a little edge over them. Yeah. You know, it's amazing what the electronics do today. And when he upgraded, you know, I thought, oh, I wonder how Chuck's going to learn that. But then he has Steve to show him. (laughs) (laughs) He does. I thought it was going to be kind of hard to teach an old dog new tricks, but apparently not. He did awesome. You, well, you know, it, it's working out well for them because of the fact that uh, uh, I uh, uh, had uh, uh, talked to uh, both Chuck and Steve during the week and invited them to come on the show. And right now, they are so busy coming in, turning around the boats and going back out again. They said, hey, John, can we take a rate check and uh, hold for another day? So both the legend 
and Excalibur are uh, staying busy. And I think it's kind of apparent. All you have to do is to try and uh, um, uh, book them. It, you can't right now. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, I think that this time of year is a really good time of year because a lot of kids go back to school. A lot of people are work, go, getting back to work from COVID. And so actually, Chuck, I believe, has a few open spots at the end of this month on the Excalibur. So if somebody wants to go fishing, you know, give H&M Landing a call and uh, sign up on that Excalibur because I think he has some room. And, and like you said, right now, it's a great time to go. I love the fall. We had perfect weather. Wow. And then also when it comes to fishing on the Excalibur, and the legend for that matter, but you were on the Excalibur, uh, the amenities on that boat are really numerous, and it's a comfortable boat to fish off of. It's a super comfortable boat. It's wide. So when somebody's, you know, at the rail, um, you know, um, next to the house, you can actually pass by without having that person on a fish scoot in so you can pass by. Not only that, the galley is huge the, and, and there's seating for everyone, but uh, he's got, I think, 19 double wide bunks down below and he's got six staterooms. So it, it, it's a really nice, comfortable boat. Wow. All right. Well, hey, guys, we're going to take a break right now. But uh, coming on back, uh, you know, you don't have to be listening to uh, Wendy and I talk about fishing. We're going to have hopefully Captain Frank Rossetti on. He's going to give us the latest report on what's happening out there and also report on the latest happening with the carb issues. So when you get the opportunity, you just go back, get a liquid refreshment, listen to the commercials, put your feet up. And listen to the next couple of hours of Rod and Real Radio. We'll be back after these messages. Hi, Roland Martin here. I'd like to tell you a little about Gary Yamamoto and the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bake Company. It all started with an idea, then a dream, and in 1983, the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company was formed. If you know Gary Yamamoto like I do, and I've known him since 1983, you know he has a passionate love for the sport of fishing. That love is only matched by his obsession to design and produce the highest quality self-plastic fishing lures on the market today. Every bait Gary makes is inspected by hand. Today, more than 2.5 million packages of bait are shipped worldwide. On behalf of Gary and his staff, he wants to thank his customers for thinking so highly of his products and wishing you the great success at the sport of fishing. Whether you fish for fun or fish the tournament circuits like I do, you'll honor Gary for making Gary Yamamoto Custom Baits a key part of your fishing experience. Take it from me, Roland Martin. When I'm in need of a go-to bait, my first choice is a Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait. Turner's Outdoorsman, California's number one fishing, hunting, and shooting sports retailer, now has 28 locations. Turner's is your one-stop shop for fishing tackle, hunting gear, and everything for shooting sports. Turner's offers a full selection and unmatched prices on the gear you need. Whether you're planning a fishing trip with the family or chasing giant tuna, Turner's highly skilled staff will make sure you have the gear for your next adventure. Visit turners.com to find a Turner store near you and be sure to join the Turner's Discount Club to get weekly ads and specials right to your inbox. Turner's Outdoorsman, your one-stop shop 
for all your fishing needs. The perfect day is my family and I on the boat, out on the waterway. I love it. Nothing but sun, snacks, fishing, and of course, life jackets for everyone. Save the ones you love. Life jackets save lives. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hello, this is Bill Varney from CCA California with a warning to all California anglers. Assembly Bill 3030 is here. AB 3030 proposes to conserve at least 30% of California's water and land by 2030. To date, California has already restricted or placed off limits nearly 40% of the fishable coast. With a current network of more than 145 marine protected areas, California is already recognized as a world leader in marine conservation. The state legislature is working quickly to make these possible closures a reality, with no input from anglers. Are you going to let them take your fishing away again? It's time to join CCA if you're not already a member and stand up for your right to fish. Taking steps to help is easy. Join CCA if you're not already a member. Donate to CCA to fund the fight. Volunteer with CCA to join our army to help stand up for anglers and our right to fish. You'll find more information and a link to join at ccacalifornia.org. Hi, this is Lori Heath. You may know me from some of the fishing boats out of San Diego. I want to talk to you about something that's really close to my heart. Did you know that when you donate blood, you're not only helping others, you're also helping yourself? Donating blood lowers the risk of heart attacks in men by more than 70%, lowers the risk of developing cancer, and helps you maintain a healthy liver. So donate blood to help someone else and to help yourself. If you can't donate, you can still make a difference with the financial gift. It's the best way to give back. Hook, line, and sinker. And for more information and to make a financial donation or an appointment, visit San Diego Blood Bank. Org. That's the San Diego Bloodbank.org. And just to let you know, I'm also a blood donor. The warm weather is here and our lakes and rivers are brimming. Just remember, if you love California and you love to boat, please wear your life jacket. And make sure everyone with you puts one on too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hey, Wendy and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Stan is off tonight. He is fishing with Captain Bobby Taft on the Top Gun 80 out of H&M Landing. And uh, if the trip that Wendy had on the Excalibur here just a couple days ago, fishing down towards San Clemente is any indication of how the fishing is, I'm sure Stan is in good hands with Captain Bobby and they are stroking fish. Hey, let's get to our next guest. You know, Southern California is in a real predicament right now. We've got great fishing, but off in the horizon, there are also some problems that might prevent us from going out in the not-too-distant future. So here to talk a little bit about what's happening currently and what's happening down the road is owner-operator of HM Landing himself, Captain Frank Garcetti. Captain Frank Welcome to the show, sir. John, Wendy, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate the time here tonight. I was, uh, before we get into that, I was kind of peeking in on Stan's trip and um, just kind of looking at what the guys are doing. I, I noticed where they were here today. I'm sure they're having a pretty good time. So uh, it looks like they're probably going to be working their way on up the beach the next few days. It's been some, uh, been some pretty good fishing split off in a couple different areas. 
last couple of days have been a little up and down with some weather and whatnot, but uh looked like they were off the beach offshore off Abriojos this afternoon and tacking back and forth. So I'm sure they're uh, sure they're experiencing some pretty good tuna fishing down below, working their way up. So well, sure Stan's gonna have well, a lot Frank, of good stories when he gets back in on this one. <laughs> you know, you know, Frank, I was uh, uh down uh, fishing in South Baja here a few weeks ago and we were in, you know, some of the places like Loretto and Ventana Bay where we know the Dorado fishing is always good. And I was looking at my Facebook page and I was seeing these pictures of these bull Dorado coming out of our San Diego waters that were larger than the fish that we were catching down there in Baja. What uh, what is this deal with the uh, uh, the you think is it? Because of our warm water, are they going to go away now because the water's gotten cooler? Or uh, what's your perspective on this? I think we're going to have I think we're going to have a pretty booming October this year. You know, we, when you really analyze the scores, there's still, and I'm sure everyone's seen it. The last last week, while there haven't been big numbers, that focus for the guys fishing out to the west on the banks offshore have been big fish that's been incredible bluefin fishing size wise numbers have been a little challenging but you talk about the opportunity to go bag a fish of a lifetime right now that's what's happening little bit of yellowfin tuna we see that we see the boats offshore in the you know in the multi-day range even overnight trips you'll see a couple of good scores and then a lot of misses and it's not for resource not being out there there's there's some pretty decent schools of yellowfin that are starting to fill in and it's good grade fish. That yellowfin is is you know anywhere from 15 to 25 pound fish. And I suspect if this weather will ever give us a break this summer, that that fish will start to start to settle in and bite. It looks like we've got another week of not super windy conditions, but another you know breezy week of 10 to 15 knots. And as we move into next weekend, things look like they're going to glass off. So. I think we're going to start to see things start to percolate pretty good here by mid-September. And if we can get this breeze to back off, that, that fish might fill in and we might have ourselves one heck of an October. You know, uh, Frank, uh, Wendy was relating to a story. She was out this uh, last week with Captain Chuck Taff on the Excalibur. And the numbers can really be deceiving, though, when you look at the fish count and you see actually how many fish are hooked up and how many fish are brought in. Uh, the yield rate is is still not anywhere near 100%. So just because a boat does not necessarily limit out on bluefin doesn't mean that the opportunities haven't been there. Right. I, I'm telling you, you're right. You nailed it. Um, it to, to see a boat have a low score, so to speak, on bluefin doesn't mean – they didn't have opportunity or engagement. If you're not prepared, and I'm sure Wendy can testify to this, with <laughs> with with that bigger gear, when you end up on a school of that fish, um, that that's all 200 plus pound fish, you have to have the gear. And and again, even if you do have the gear, and it's a school that you've engaged with in the dark, again, that poses skill level 10 challenges of its own on top of that. So um, even with the appropriate gear and, and catching some of this fish in the dark is just, um, is just incredible. So uh, yeah, you see the numbers, the numbers may not be huge, but rest assured 
that fish is right now. It's pretty amazing. And then there's still some of that mixed-grade fish. Wendy, I don't know what you ended up with on your trip, but there's that mixed-grade fish that's, you know, 40 to 50-pound bluefin that, you know, they, the guys were finding a little bit more consistently in the shallows, but that fish off in the deeper water, oh, my gosh, it's just incredible. It's just incredible. Right. We, we actually had fish, um, a couple of small, it was really interesting. Um, when it got dark and we started catching those big fish, the hundred pounders, um, a couple of guys caught like 15, a 15 and 20 pounder, you know? So you had the little guys mixed in with the big guys during the day. We had 25 to probably 40 pound fish. Nice. So it was nice fishing. We only had. We only had 36 bluefin and six yellowtail, but, you know, like you guys said, we had a lot of missed opportunities, a lot of snap lines, a lot of people getting tangled up and losing their fish. So, you know, right. the, we could have been better, a lot better. Some, some of the perils of that big fish fishing, that's for sure, for sure. Well, when, well Wendy, you had indicated that you got bit 10 times and that you handed off a lot of fish to a lot of the Iserline uh, uh, people that were on that boat. And, uh, you know, some of them cashed in and some didn't. But to get bit 10 times on an overnight trip or a day and a half trip on Bluefin, it's not, not too bad of a, a total. I had a blast. <laughs> I want to do it again. <laughs> yeah, plenty of season left, Wendy. Plenty of season left. It's hunting season. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, uh, tell us, uh, you know, Captain Frank, the uh, the fleet out of H&M, uh, how are they looking with regards to bookings and the vessels going out? Are you still running at full tail? Uh, as I mentioned before earlier, I talked to uh, Chuck Taft and Steve Taft uh, about uh, possibly uh, giving us a report tonight. And they said, truthfully, John, we are coming in provisioning up and going back out again. It's uh, uh, a revolving door. They're still busy. Are you finding that happening with uh, the balance of the fleet? We're very busy, and thanks for asking. Yes, it's been a very, very strong September, and looking at future bookings into October, the same. But our September is as solid as I've ever seen it, um, especially on the multi-days, day-and-a-half trips and longer a lot of those trips booked far in advance, and, and they are the, the trip to be on right now, without a doubt. Overnight, they'll still have great opportunity. Um, availability that I see for um, trips when I look on our calendar, um, overnight, uh, early week, you know, the, the Monday, Tuesday night departures, you will find availability. But as we get to midweek and towards the weekend, things are still Things are still booked up pretty well, but there is availability. If you're looking to go out right now, look towards an early to midweek trip. Without a doubt, you won't be disappointed. There'll be lighter loads, lighter groups of people on board the boat, plenty of availability. Um, full day trips, same thing um, as we, you know, early midweek is still light on reservations, but as we get close to weekends, they are booked out pretty good. We'll see some of that ease up a little bit in October for the local boats, but Right now, things are looking strong, and I, you know, Chuck is, you know, I mean, Chuck is one of the hardest working guys in our fleet, and he's not kidding when he's turning and burning. He's in with literally a couple hours time on the beach, and that's all consumed between fueling, uh, provisioning, and then welcoming new passengers on board. So it's um, it's a busy, busy time. It feels like 
it feels like mid-July for us right now. It is super busy. Which well, is the, awesome. All the guys are running at, at full tilt, but we got to say, you know, with uh, Sea Adventure Sports Fishing over there, Captain Chuck Taft, and then Steve running the legend over there, uh, fruit doesn't fall very far from the tree. And, uh, uh, you know, all the skippers there I know at H&M Landy are great, but Steve is uh, one of these up-and-coming uh, uh, young men that I think uh, we're going to be hearing about for a long time here in the future. Steve is doing an incredible job, and if I would have to say this has been his breakout season, um, he's done an incredible job with the legend from overnight trips to his multi-day trips. He's been a consistent, consistent uh, with his scores. Um, I hear nothing but compliments coming off the boat from customers who fish with Steven. So, uh, honestly, he really has, this to me has been his breakout season. He's really, really developing and becoming independent of his dad and doing very, very well. Chuck? Doing his own following. You know, uh, and Frank, we don't want to forget, also, we've uh, got the the half-day trip and the full-day trips uh, I know the water has cooled off a little bit, but how's the fishing been on uh, on these trips for the fishermen that uh, can only allot a certain amount of time to go on out? Sure. So half-day trips, it's been mixed bag fishing, a little bit of bass, a little bit of calico bass fishing, but that water has rolled and it's a little bit cool on the beach right now. But we'll see that. We'll see that ebb and flow. And, and I think we'll see, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see a return to calico bass fishing before uh, – before we get deep into the fall again. But right now it's been, uh, you know, mixed bag, rockfish, sculpin, et cetera. The guys on the full day trips on the Grande offshore have had mixed results. Um, they, they've been trying to target the offshore, either bluefin and or yellowfin as that presents itself. As it presents itself. However, um, they do drop back and fish the Coronado Island. A couple weeks ago, there were a couple of three-day stretches fishing the Coronados. Good yelltail fishing for um, a couple of those days. And then same thing, as that water rolls, that goes a little bit off the bite. But um, it's been overall consistent. I can't say it's been, uh, you know, banner fishing. But, again, it's fishing. Um, I think we'll see that stabilize um, offshore for the, for the full-day boats here as soon as we get this wind to back off a little bit. I think, again, we're going to have a pretty strong second half of September and all of October. You know, Captain Frank, there, there's still some uh, concern about the new COVID var- uh, variant that's out there, but uh, the boats and the sports fishing landing, they have not let their guards down when it comes to the procedure with regards to ensuring that the, their passengers and customers are fishing on vessels that are as, you know, free of the COVID as they can. And, and that's, that's going into, you know, the end of September and probably into October, is it not? Absolutely. And you're right. Protocol is still, uh, is still being followed. You know, the good thing about what we're doing, John, is it's an outdoor activity. Um, and that was one of the things that allowed us to open up as we were all wading through this mess in the early days of COVID but being an outdoor activity, um, transmission rates are very, very low uh, because of aerosol dilution, if you will. Um, we see some of our boats still at decreased capacities. Take the Premier, for instance. 
used to have a capacity of 90. We still only booked the boat out to a max of 50. Um, same with the Grande, our full-day boat. Uh, used to be carrying 60. We're carrying 36 max right now. So there's still we're still seeing um, some of our loads or some of our capacities shared back um, to accommodate that. But so far, so good. We don't even like to use the COVID word right now. We've been, um, by and large, uh, our fleet has been fairly unscathed. Um, but again, I, I contribute that to being an outdoor activity. So it, it's been working well for us. All right. Hey, we're speaking with Captain Frank Ersetti. He's a, a manager and part owner of H&M Landing. And Captain Frank, uh, you know, we also happen to mention that there is another problem blooming in the horizon, and that's with the California Air Resources Board and how it's going to affect uh, 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 sports fishing commercially here in Southern California and all throughout the state. Can you stay a little bit over time, and we can talk about that subject and what's happening, if there's any new updates? John, be be my pleasure. I think it's very important for every one of our listeners to get educated on this. Absolutely. All right. We're going to take a break right now. Wendy and I will be back with Captain Frank Orsetti after these messages. Hi, this is John, and I'd like to invite you to the new Angler's Arsenal location in Lakeside, California. We put together a staff of experts that will help you find the tackle and gear you need at a price you can afford. We carry all the major brands. And if you need custom work done, we can do that for you with both rods and reels. How about servicing your old equipment? No problem. We can do it quickly, easily, at a price you can afford. We also do custom hand-poured plastics through Western Plastics. Design the lure of your dreams and catch the fish that have been getting away. So come and visit us in Lakeside. We're at 12255 Woodside Avenue. Or you can visit us at anglersarsenal.com. If you need to call us, we're at 619-466-8355. See you there. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specialty heat treater to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. There's nothing more peaceful than fishing. Just me, my pole, and some bait. Oh, and my life jacket, of course. I like fish, but I don't want to end up at the bottom of the water with them. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Are you looking for a quality fishing experience out of Cabo San Lucas for you, your family, and friends, but are a little set back with what charter company to choose? We urge you to use American and family-owned Lands and Charters. Lands and Charters offers the passengers affordable and all-inclusive services on a variety of vessels and trips. Fish with the latest of fishing gear while experiencing the hospitality of a long-time-owned family business. Go to LensAndCharters.com to see all of their vessels and amenities available. Call Cobble Greg or Jenny 
at 800-281-5778 when you're ready for an action-packed Cabo fishing experience. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Rod Reel Radio is brought to you by BajaBound.com Insurance Services. Are you driving to Mexico? You can buy and print out your Mexican auto insurance policy online in the convenience of your own home or office in minutes now with BajaBound.com's easy-to-use website. After printing your auto insurance, check out the BajaBound.com site. There, too, you will find great travel tips and information to help you get the most out of your next road trip south of the border. So this is an important fact to remember. Use BajaBound.com. It's the easiest way to find and get Mexican auto insurance. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their products. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Rod and Reel Radio is now available as a podcast you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Get notified as soon as new episodes are available. Or go back and listen to our past shows. Browse through all of our archive shows at roddenreelradio.com slash archives and click the subscribe button to get started listening now. Well, Wendy and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Our special guest this hour is Captain Frank Rossetti, managing partner of HMI. We've been talking a little bit about current fishing conditions off of our Southern California coast. And, and, and Frank, I know we, we want to talk a little bit about uh, a real problem that we have coming over the horizon, but I just need to ask you, you know, you're working there, you're running the landing, you're doing one heck of a job, but... Right now, you don't have a boat to command, I don't believe. Do you kind of miss going the chase, going after the chase, especially with the way fishing is right now? I do. I'm boatless right now, John, but I'm always looking, so I have a feeling it's not going to be too long. So let's just keep that under your hat. We'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and if by any chance you have a boat that uh, maybe is available, just call 1-800-CAPTAIN-FRANK, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me on. I think this is something that's very, very important. I know there's so much going on in politics today, and I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not even that guy. But when I look at this, this is something that is going to impact anyone who accesses our fleet. So if you go on an open party boat, a charter boat, even if you have your own boat, it's coming, rest assured. 
But the California Air Resource Board right now is proposing rulemaking that simply is impossible for our fleet to comply with. And when I say our fleet, I'm speaking for the state of California from our northern border all the way down here to San Diego. Any CPFV or passenger fishing vessel, the inspected vessels, seven passengers or more, right now are the ones that I'm talking about. CARB or the California Air Resource Board is proposing rulemaking that will ask us to put in machinery that adheres to emission standards, um, which the, the standards that they are imposing and the machinery that we would have to put in our boats simply doesn't exist. Um, let me break it down a little bit without getting too deep into the weeds. Diesel engines are rated from zero emissions to tier four. They want us to put in tier four engines. However, the tier four engines that are on the market are too big to fit in our boats. So in order mm -hmm. to comply with this rulemaking, uh, we would have to literally retire the boat, carve and, and build a new boat. Carve has come out publicly and stated that if you cannot comply, you simply must retire the vessel. They've even come out publicly and stated that their rulemaking as it's written today is likely to impact over 80% of our existing fleet. They've even further stated in public that our customer base, that's those who are listening tonight, are well positioned to absorb the cost or an increase rather in ticket price so that new boats can be built. Now, they've placed, they've placed a number on that saying that, gee whiz, you'll only have to raise your price anywhere from 8 to 18% to accommodate mm -hmm. a new bill. Well, I'm here to tell you, most of these boats, at least in our fleet, will begin with a price tag of $4 million and go north from there. And as I've, as I've looked at those numbers, you're looking at ticket prices at a base doubling and going up from there. The challenge that I see with all of this, and I think that it's very, very important, we, we've built a website out, savefishing.com. I encourage everyone to go to the website. There's great information on it, savefishing.com. On that landing page, click the button and sign the, sign the petition. It's very easy. It'll only take you 10 seconds, literally. It, there's a template there, and it's made up. It sends a message to the governor's office. It says, hey, whoa, pump the brakes. Let's take a, let's take a closer look at this. Um, we, need to, we need to hold off. We need to let technology catch up. Anybody who owns a CPFV, a sport boat, has been more proactive in the last 25 years in up-tiering, when I say up-tiering, in repowering their boat and reducing emissions than just about any other user group that is going to be impacted by this rulemaking. I want to clarify that. This rulemaking is going to impact everything from a ferry boat, a tugboat, a commercial fishing boat, to a charter boat. Charter boats inside that group have been some of the most proactive in accessing clean air attainment grants over the last 25 years to repower and reduce emissions. We want a clean environment. We have been 
again, more proactive in utilizing these grants. We want to continue doing that. However, we have to let the technology catch up. Many of our boats are at Tier 2 and Tier 3. If Tier 4 was available, I know many boat owners who would be standing by to install Tier 4 machinery. Again, the challenge is the Tier 4 machinery on the market are huge engines. These are big 800 to 1,000 horsepower engines, way bigger than what any of us use. So I carb, CARB's solution to that, again, is just, well, guys, you're going to have to go ahead and replace your vessels or rebuild or modify your vessels in such a way to accommodate this equipment, it won't work. If we're forced to replace our vessels, uh, we, again, we're looking at such a challenge in terms of ticket price, et cetera. I, I, I want to touch on one other thing, and then I'll stop, and we can, we can bounce it back and forth. Our fleet is one of the most diversified. I think Wendy can even attest to this. We're not just sport fishing. A lot of our boats in the off-season, and some of them full-time, are ecotourism boats. They're, they'll, they'll do whale watching in the off-season. Some of them um, conduct marine science education programs, floating classrooms, if you will. Others participate in fisheries research trips. Um, those fisheries research trips are very, very important in managing our resources. They conduct stock assessments. That data is used to manage our resources. If we are put in a position where we have to retire our boats and build new boats, immediately a lot of these programs will go away. And when I say go away, they'll go away because we won't be able to offer them at affordable rates. Youth fishing programs, gone. Uh, floating classrooms, marine science education programs, gone. Um, any of these research trips, I don't believe they'll be gone. The state will still fund them, but I believe they will fund them less frequently, and then we will be data poor with what we need to accurately manage our fisheries. So there's a lot of challenges. Think about the half-day boat. We all started on a half-day boat. A half-day boat, that ticket price will that, that ticket price will easily double, and in some models, I see it almost tripling to support a $4 million build. So, again, savefishing.com. Take a minute. It's an easy website to get to, savefishing.com. Sign that petition. Send your voice to Sacramento and say, hey, pump the brakes on this. Let's all sit back down at the table and figure out what's reasonable here. Absolutely. You know, you know we're a big group. Um, of fishermen what and you know just because you freshwater fish and you don't saltwater fish you need to also jump on the bandwagon we need to band together and um, everybody you know your uncles your brothers your sisters have them all sign right you know uh, Captain Frank I guess one of the arguments is uh, the California Air Resources Board say hey we're just reflecting what the federal government is asking us to do but in the time we're also saying, hey, the Newsom administration is part of the problem in, in uh, you know, not acting the board to, you know, try to work with us on this. We have an election coming on up. Is the possibility of a change of governorship maybe something that will work in our behalf? It will, but if we don't get rid of the governor, if the governor remains the same, it's still important that we take a look at this. California... Um, using the excuse that, hey, we're just, we're just reacting to what the feds are saying, California has been more aggressive than any other state in the union. 
And that's great. We're looked at as the leader in a lot of things. But something that we do need to consider um, is just what does sport fishing mean to the state of California? I'll tell you what it means. It means $5.6 billion a year to the economy. It's 40-plus thousand jobs a year. Um, it's, 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 pretty, it's pretty incredible. Think about the coastal economies that will be impacted if these boats are regulated off the water. And again, it's not just us. So it, it, you know, it's every excursion vessel. Uh, we we want to get there. We, we do. We want to see Tier 4 technology evolve, but don't put us out of business in the meantime to do it. It is, it is the beginning of the gentrification of sport fishing. If you retire these vessels, and there will be some that will be built without a doubt. There will be new vessels, but there will not be a fleet nearly the size of what we see today. And then it becomes a supply and demand, and it becomes something where uh, we have to be able to support a mortgage to build a new boat like that. Again, the cost of the ticket is going to double, in some cases triple. And who can do that? The customers who typically fish on our boats are customers who, for whatever reason, don't own their own boat, whether they can't afford it or just don't want the hassle of boat ownership and everything that goes along with it, the slip, the insurance, the maintenance, et cetera. So then now we're looking at access, rec marine recreation or, or marine access is going to be limited just to those who can afford a luxury trip going offshore. I, I can see easily a half-day trip being a 150 or $200 ticket. Yeah, and, and again, we're dealing with businesses that are family-run operations. You know, we're talking about Excalibur and Sea Adventure Sports Fishing, but if you talk about the Ocean Odyssey, the Daiwa Pacific, the Constitution, a lot of the boats that are running out of their H&M lining, they're all family-run organizations. And even at this time, because they have repowered and they've improved the efficiency of their boats and their abilities to find fish, a lot of these guys are highly leveraged already. And then when we've got something coming down the pike, as soon as 2023, this uh, will be the straw that breaks the camel's back. Indeed. When you look at some of these are generationally owned companies. It was interesting to listen to um, Carb make the statement that the fleet is aged and needs to be replaced. Some of the boats are 50 years old. But what they didn't explain was some of the boats might be 50 years old with brand new machinery sitting under the hood right now. Some of these guys already are at Tier 3, brand-new machinery, uh, the most efficient and cleanest machinery that we have for the marine market today. So it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. Again, it just the technology needs to get there. I believe it will get there. I don't, I don't believe we're but a few years away from having Tier 4 equipment that will work for our boats. However... It doesn't work with CARB's proposed timeline. We're looking at, at this fleet coming unraveled starting in 2023. That's just a quick year and a half away. We All need right. to act now, savefishing.com. Go there, sign the petition. We've got over – we're pushing 25,000 signatures right now. But we want to make sure that this hits the governor's desk strong so he understands. You can also look on that website. Great navigation bar at the top. I'll throw this last one in there. Also, copy Leanne Randolph. She's the chair 
of the California Air Resources Board. Let her know the same. Pump the brakes on this. We need time to figure this out. We have reasonable solutions we presented. We need them to sit down and consider. And, Frank, before we let you go, if we want to review the availability of vessels uh, to go out of H&M Landing, whether it's uh, half-day, uh, full days, or extended trips, how's the best way to go about doing that? Okay, there's two ways to do it. The first thing you have to do is go to savefishing.com and sign that petition. <laughs> and then you can go to hmlanding.com. But if you don't go to savefishing.com first, Pretty soon, there isn't going to be an hmlanding.com. All right. Captain Frank Rossetti, thanks for spending some time with us. Great local report, and thanks for the information you're giving me uh, and our listening audience on what's happening uh, uh, to our fleet. And if we can, call you from time to time, Brandon, any updates on breaking news on what's happening on this issue. I'm here. You can call me anytime, and anyone can reach out to me direct. If any of your listeners have any questions, I'm at H&M Landing, Frank at hmlanding.com is my direct email, 619-222-1144, my office line. I'm telling you, this is one of the most – John, I've been in the industry 45 years. This is the most frightening thing that we've faced, and I, I echo that from our association leader, all the way down to every individual boat owner up and down the coast. And again, it's not just us. As soon as, as soon as they've mopped this up, they're coming after every recreationally registered vessel in the state of California. There's about 650,000 of them. There's a reason wow. for the timing. They don't want to hit them both at the same time because together we'd be a huge voice. But that's next. The state of California right. wants zero emissions by 2030 on recreational vessels. Captain Frank, thanks a lot for spending some time with us. Uh, we'll check in with you again on this issue and also find out what's happening locally on our offshore fishing. Thanks again for being with us. Thanks, Frank. Thank you both. All right. Hey, we're going to take a break right now, but coming up next, the godfather of lobster hooping, recreational lobster fishing. Jeff Hunt's going to be with us, so stay tuned. There's still a lot more Rod and Reel Radio to come after these messages. Turner's Outdoorsman, California's number one fishing, hunting, and shooting sports retailer, now has 28 locations. Turner's is your one-stop shop for fishing tackle, hunting gear, and everything for shooting sports. Turner's offers a full selection and unmatched prices on the gear you need. Whether you're planning a fishing trip with the family or chasing giant tuna, Turner's highly skilled staff will make sure you have the gear for your next adventure. Visit turners.com to find a Turner store near you and be sure to join the Turner's Discount Club to get weekly ads and specials right to your inbox. Turner's Outdoorsman, your one-stop shop for all your fishing needs. 
Hello, this is Bill Varney from CCA California with a warning to all California anglers. Assembly Bill 3030 is here. AB 3030 proposes to conserve at least 30% of California's water and land by 2030. To date, California has already restricted or placed off limits nearly 40% of the fishable coast. With a current network of more than 145 marine protected areas, California is already recognized as a world leader in marine conservation. The state legislature is working quickly to make these possible closures a reality with no input from anglers. Are you going to let them take your fishing away again? It's time to join CCA if you're not already a member and stand up for your right to fish. Taking steps to help is easy. Join CCA if you're not already a member. Donate to CCA to fund the fight. Volunteer with CCA to join our army to help stand up for anglers and our right to fish. You'll find more information and a link to join at ccacalifornia.org. Hi, Roland Martin here. I'd like to tell you a little about Gary Yamamoto and the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company. It all started with an idea, then a dream, and in 1983, the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company was formed. If you know Gary Yamamoto like I do, and I've known him since 1983, you know he has a passionate love for the sport of fishing. That love is only matched by his obsession to design and produce the highest quality self-plastic fishing lures on the market today. Every bait Gary makes is inspected by hand. Today, more than 2.5 million packages of bait are shipped worldwide. On behalf of Gary and his staff, he wants to thank his customers for thinking so highly of his products and wishing you the great success of the sport of fishing. Whether you fish for fun or fish the tournament circuits like I do, you'll honor Gary for making Gary Yamamoto Custom Baits a key part of your fishing experience. Take it from me, Roland Martin. When I'm in need of a go-to bait, my first choice is a Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait. Hey, bass fishermen. Who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the Bass Boat Program. It is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for BASSBOAT insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. Hi, this is Lori Heath. You may know me from some of the sports boats out of San Diego. I want to talk to you about something that's really close to my heart, the San Diego Blood Bank. Fishing for a way to make a difference in your community? Consider donating blood or making a financial donation to the San Diego Blood Bank. Your gift will impact medical research, revolutionize how we improve health and treat disease, and most importantly, give the gift of life. But we can't do it without you or without your help. Visit sandiegobloodbank.org to make an appointment or to give a financial donation today. It's the best way to give back. And just to let you know, I'm also a blood donor. 
The warm weather is here and our lakes and rivers are brimming. Just remember, if you love California and you love to boat, please wear your life jacket. And make sure everyone with you puts one on, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hey, Wendy Toshihara and I, we welcome you back to the second hour of Ron Real Radio. Stan Vandenberg is off tonight. He's uh, fishing with Bobby Taft on the Top Gun 80. And as we heard from Captain Frank Orsetti out of H&M, they're probably doing pretty darn good out there. So hopefully we'll be hearing from Stan next week and we'll get a report on just exactly what we did. But, you know, this hour, our special guest is a fellow that looks at Christmas, Thanksgiving and Easter as just dates on the calendar, but the most important date to him coming up at least in 2021 <laughs> is October 2nd, 6 p.m. in the afternoon, and that's the opening of lobster season. Let's welcome to Ron Real Radio, Jeff Hunt from the Lobster Port out of Oceanside, California. Jeff, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, thank you very much, John and uh, Wendy. Um, always glad to be here uh, on the uh, opener for lobster coming up. And just to, just to throw that out there, John, it's going to be 6 a.m. So you're already going to be 12 hours behind everybody else if you start at 6 p.m. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Don't tell him. <laughs> oh, Wendy, you put that in his notes, didn't you? <laughs> well, you're going to be out there getting all those lobsters. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jeff, that's that's a good point, too. You cannot start setting your traps before that time or can you set your traps before that time and you cannot pull them is there a distinction there (laughs) this is a question i hear all the time and uh when you start when you put your trap in the water and you're you're thinking you're going to be sneaky and put it there at at five in the morning and then pull it at six in in the morning uh, you're actually starting the fishing process right when you put the trap in the water when you put your hoop net in the water at uh, at six o'clock, that is the actual start time uh, in the partake of uh, 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 in the act of taking lobster. So six a.m. not before, not before, and you know that uh, brings up a series of questions that I I want to ask you, and and I hope you'll be able to educate our listening audience before you can even get your traps in the water, there are a whole new list of regulations, some old, I should say, some new, that you got to make sure you're following because you get tripped up on any one of these, it can be an expensive ticket for you. So let's let's talk about a, a few things. And I guess the first thing is licensing. What license do you need to go out and recreationally hoop lobsters out there? Well, this has been, uh, I think we're in the third year of the of the new regulation. So I know it was very clunky at first when it was rolled out. Uh, I think it's smoothed out quite a bit now that um, uh, even new people can ask anyone and, and get the right answer. Um, and when it first started, nobody really knew what the answer was. But uh, when you're going to get started this year to get uh, lobster fishing, you definitely need to have your uh, lobster report card. And this is just, um, it's like a... a it's a tool that the Department of Fish and Wildlife uses to, um, you know, just kind of track the amount of lobsters that are being caught. The commercial guys have to fill out how many lobsters they catch. The sport guys do as well. Um, and this is only something that's going to cost you $10, $10.5 uh, 
at the beginning of the season, and you can use it throughout the, the lobster season. You don't have to get a new one at the beginning of the year. Um, so if you're uh, 16 and over, you definitely need to have it uh, with your fishing license. And if you're under 16, you would definitely need to have your lobster report card um, just to track the amount of lobsters that you're going to take, even though you do not need a uh, commercial or a, a California fishing license uh, under 16. Um, so that's now, definitely something you need to have in your in your in your uh, on your clipboard or in your wallet or uh, how we how we keep it safe. Now every year you have to uh, submit that lobster card to the Department of Fish and Wildlife. Is there a penalty that is ex- uh, assessed on you if you don't do that when you try and get a new card in the following year? There is a penalty um, for for doing that. Uh, when you renew your license or when you renew your uh, last report card the following year, I believe this year it's it's still around twenty dollars, and I think it's around twenty dollars and eighty cents or something like that. Um, but the Fish and Wildlife gives you a month at the end of the season to turn that in, and you can turn it in either uh, online, which is the easiest if you only go out, you know, a few times, maybe up to twenty times, because you're just manually entering all your information onto their uh, their little online form, or you can send it in. Um, if you do an online form, always ask for the uh, the receipt number so that you can uh, have that handy in case uh, something happens that way, uh, whether they lose it or whatnot. But uh, you definitely need to turn it in at the end of the year um, so that they can do their assessment of the amount of, uh, uh, of our lobsters that are caught every year. Now, uh, also, Jeff, uh, some of the things that uh, uh, the fishermen may not be aware of is actually – what information you put on a card and when, because a lot of people think, well, you know, I spent a whole night fishing. I'll just do that after I'm finished. Unfortunately, that's not necessarily the case. (laughs) That's true. And and, uh, right around midnight, it gets a little confusing as well, especially if you're, if you're still a few, a few bugs away from being finished. Uh, When you are getting ready to get into your boat, uh, maybe you're at the launch ramp or you're on your kayak, uh, you want to have that uh, those first couple of segments filled out. That's going to be the date uh, and the location that you're using, or you're fishing, uh, and also the gear that your type that you're using. Now, if you're diving, uh, you also need to fill that first part out before you start. Um, that way, you have it handy and ready to go. If uh, Fish and Wildlife uh, come across your adventure that night, um, they'll know that you're prepared. And then all you have to do on the way in is fill in the uh, amount of lobsters you've uh, taken, uh, up to seven. And uh, even if you uh, get skunked that night, have a tough time, uh, maybe you turn in early, uh, you, you still have to put a zero in on that uh, before you leave the water. And you could do that on the way in. Um, uh, on the way into the launch ramp, uh, have that all filled out. Um, uh, let's see what else was there. Yeah, I think all right. That's, I think and that's let's. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about the preparation of your gear before you even get them into the water. And one of the things uh, that maybe some of the guys, again, aren't familiar with happens to be the buoys that you locate your lobster uh, traps with. Uh, there is uh, something special you have to do to those, too, to make sure you're in compliance. Yeah, that's right. And in fact, uh, how you present your buoy is, is probably one of the most uh, interesting things that that the lobster hoop netters will do. Uh, you'll see tons of uh, uh, YouTube videos about it. Uh, basically, you're just going to dress that buoy so that only you or that you can recognize your own gear. Um, the one thing you need to have on there is your Go ID number. 
which is right on your fishing license. Uh, it's also on your um, report card. Uh, it's tied in with your driver's license, actually, so that number is never going to change. So even when you get your, your uh, license the next year, it's still going to be that same Go ID number. Um, but you can dress the buoy any way you want. You'll see crazy lights on there. You'll see PVC tubing. You'll see flags everywhere, uh, blinking lights. Uh, something that looks like a UFO, but uh, basically dress your buoy up so that you can find your own buoy and uh, have your Go ID number on that. And uh, you're only allowed right. to have five per uh, if you're going out solo. Uh, if you're going out with a couple friends, uh, you can have a max of ten uh, uh, gear, again, ten pieces of gear on the boat. Um, so you want to make sure that uh, you know if you're you got your numbers on there and your friend's got his number on there. Um, I think it, when it first went through the, uh, the enforcement policy period, uh, I think everybody was putting their number on there because it's kind of confusing as to whose number needed to be on there. But definitely have your number on your five pieces and then uh, your buddy's number on, on their five pieces. All right. Well, you know, you, we've gotten to the point where we've uh, dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's when it comes to our <laughs> our licenses and a lot of our equipment and everything like that, the number of uh, traps we can have. Let's start talking a little bit about things that you like to use as attractants or bait for uh, lobsters. What uh, uh, what seems to, to work best or what are some of the things that you know of that can help fishermen attract more lobster? Uh, if you want to be as confused as possible, start following everybody on uh, – <laughs> <laughs> on the fishing forums. Um, <laughs> for me, I prefer the fresh, freshest bait as possible. Lobsters uh, and crab, because uh, you can get the same gear for crab, uh, are scavengers. And they're going to obviously go for the best bait that they can. If it's a great bait right in front of them, uh, then they're going to go for that. If, if there's a marginal bait in front of them, but they're, they're picking up on a, a scent coming away from like maybe five or ten feet away from someone else's gear, uh, then they're going to go for that. Um, so I would use the freshest bait as possible. Uh, here at Lobster Port, we like to marinate uh, salmon heads with uh, Tony Williams product, the Bite On uh, Elite nice. Lobster and Crab Attractant. Uh, let that soak in and freeze it, and it kind of acts like a little time release uh, as the as your bait uh, soaks. It's a, more like a bacon scent for the lobster. They'll they'll pick up on that and kind of know that something cool is in the neighborhood. And cruise on over and check that out. There's a couple other companies that are making uh, some decent bait. Um, I know that uh, uh, Hookup Baits has got a nice product out there, uh, their lobster canning as well. Um, and then uh, you know, a couple other things people do. Uh, they have like their own little secret recipes or, or whatnot. But uh, attracting is definitely good. Uh, it, it does more than just uh, allow the, the lobsters kind of sense that there's uh, that there's something around. It, 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 it boosts the uh, it boosts the oils that are already in the in the salmon or the mackerel or whatever for for bait there. Right, you know, and then when it comes to actually baiting the traps, there's a lot of different ways to to bait the traps. Uh, a lot of vessels to hold the bait. Some of the traps have pockets you can use or wire uh, boxes. There's also uh, a newer form of a um, a PVC tubing type of thing that. Uh, can you tell us, is, in your opinion, is there an optimum type of a bait cage to use that uh, gives us the opportunity 
to uh, catch lobsters and maybe to keep the tax man away? <laughs> Ideally, you want to have as much bait exposed uh, as possible. Um, and then realistically, uh, lobsters aren't the only thing down there that are looking to, to get that bait. Uh, seals are, are a, a, a horrible aspect of lobster fishing. Um, they'll follow you behind the boat and they'll follow your, your gear down and, uh, and try to get at that bait. So they're, they're smart and they'll, they'll teach their little babies how to get into those, uh, tubes and boxes and, and everything or how to, how to try to ruin your night. But, uh, there's a lot of things that you can do. Um, like I like to disguise the bait a little bit. You can put it in a, in a, like an onion bag. We sell a, a bait bag here that you can put inside your tube or your box, uh, or your wire box, um, you can, you can keep the eyes and the face off the bait or, or uh, kind of disguise it or put it inside uh, the rest of your bait because the seals really pick up on that like, uh, like, a, like a candle in the, in the nighttime. Um, uh, so if you can, can hide your bait, uh, that's the best thing to do. Uh, there's a lot of great products out there. Promar makes their, that, uh, the seal-proof bait, bait uh, jar or a bait tube, something you could do at home too if you have the time and the patience. Uh, Roach Coach makes a real nice uh, box to to put your bait in, and then we also do a couple different wire uh, bait, bait presentations here. We have one that's about a six by six, and then the smaller ones, three by threes, have been working really good in some of the the, the hidden pockets in the in the uh, harbors and lagoons. All right, and you know uh, we uh, happen to mention the fact that the season starts at. 6 a.m. Historically, it started at midnight. Why the change to uh, 6 a.m.? I think it, uh, it, it, it helps the enforcement policy of, of uh, starting your fishing. I know a lot of people before, when you ask that question, you know, can you start early? Uh, their, their response was, well, if I start early and fish and wildlife pulls up on me, I'm just going to tell them I was crab fishing. Uh, most likely that's not going to fly. Uh, I think... Uh, there's been a lot of like craziness at the harbors, the launch ramps, getting ready to fish on that first night uh, to get started for a midnight start. Um, so I think that it's a, probably a safety issue and, and an enforcement policy issue uh, to move that to, to daytime. Uh, you know, plus the uh, the divers also start, have, to have to start at uh, 6 a.m. too. So it's kind of a rolling start into it. Uh, fishing during the day is a little tougher than it is at night. So it gives everyone probably about another 12 hours to get ready for their first day of fishing. But I think it was, a, it was a smart move right off the bat. We're speaking with uh, Jeff Hunt from the Lobster Port, and uh, we're going through a lot of issues in a hurry because there's a lot <laughs> of things that we need to, to, to know about. And, and, Jeff, I guess the other thing is, uh, do lobsters crawl as well during daylight hours as they do in evening hours? Or why does it seem like uh, predominantly... When I go lobster hooping, Wendy's got to drag me out there and keep me out there all night pulling traps, and uh, I'd, I'd be happy doing it during the day. What's up with that? So uh, I'm going to throw this out there because I know that you like the answer to this one. Uh, pretty much everything likes to eat lobsters except for one thing, John, and who doesn't like to eat lobsters? It's <laughs> yeah, me, I... right? Because <laughs> I'm allergic to them. <laughs> But everything in everything in, the, everything in the ocean loves to eat lobsters. Uh, the sheep's head love to eat the lobsters. Uh, octopus like to eat lobsters. Uh, eels like to get on that action. Um, they're they're a, a species that really 
really needs to have that nighttime uh, feeding time so that they can hide during the day and then they'll they go out and and, uh, and uh, do their feeding at nighttime. So they travel around. Uh, I, I don't know. If, I'm sure there's been science done on, on how far they go, but uh, it seems like they also travel in herds. Uh, one day you might have a, a hoop net that, that uh, maybe you know comes across a couple smalls or a good size legal, but then the next day in that same spot, uh, it's just plugged. So uh, you know, move your move your gear around. Uh, find where they are. They like uh, they like to stay near the cover that they're at all day, uh, so that they can just kind of get the food as easy as possible. So if you're uh, know where there's a couple good sized rocks or, or a break wall, uh, some kelp areas, uh, they'll they'll be hiding in those spots. Pilings under docks. Uh, the underneath the ends of the launch ramp sometimes ends up being good because uh, when people dump their bait at the end of their fishing trip, uh, it's a, it's pretty pretty much right there, dropping straight down for somebody to get it. And you know why wouldn't it be a lobster? Okay, and and let's talk about uh, limits because of the fact that that can sometimes be confusing. What is a personal possession limit, and does that apply to? lobsters that I also might have in my refrigerator at home, or what's the status of that? Absolutely. So uh, it is a possession limit, and that limit is seven. Um, you, uh, one of the, I wanted to touch on this we talked about earlier about uh, what happens at midnight. So if you're, if you're fishing uh, for lobsters and, and it's approaching midnight and you've got a few, you're, you're under your, uh, your limit, uh, you can continue to fish on through the next day. You just can't have more than seven. So at midnight, you wanna you wanna you wanna settle up that first that first line or that line that you're working on. So you're gonna put five or three or whatever you have uh, in possession at that time, and then uh, and then start your start the next line uh, for the next date. So it'll be October fourth or something like that. Um, and then if you're in the same zone, use that same uh, that same zone code, same gear code. Uh, and then, and then uh, on the way in at two or three or, or whenever you're finishing up, then then finish off that second line. Um, so by having a possession limit of seven means that if you do have some at home, uh, your responsibility is to not have more than seven in possession. Uh, but like I said, that's your responsibility, and, and the enforcement on that is uh, who knows. But uh, uh, you, you can't uh, just come in with as many lobsters as you think you can carry or eat or if you have a party coming up for Super Bowl or whatnot, you have to have, you have to stick to that seven in possession. And there's a new regulation that, uh, or if it's isn't new, it's one that I was not familiar with. It's the amount of time that you can soak an individual trap. Is is there a timeline on that now? There is. Uh, there's a two-hour limit. Um, the regulations say you need to tend to your trap every two hours. Uh, I think. Ideally, you want to be able to tend it every 30 minutes to 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Uh, basically, if you're fishing with your group of friends and you've got 10 traps, you want to uh, you want to basically service all your gear, maybe give it a little bit of a break, crack a beer or whatnot, and then start at the beginning of that string again. Uh, if you're on a kayak uh, and you're just starting out, maybe you want to take one or two pieces of gear out and get used to uh, how long it takes to actually uh, service that and uh, keep it to about a 30 to 40 minute cycle. Uh, then work your way up to five if you're on your kayak. Um, you also need to keep everything within the line of sight. So if you're one of those guys that likes to go and put five traps here and five traps uh, way away, 
not only are you risking uh, a, a ticket, but you're also risking someone kind of lurking and waiting for you to go and check those other five pieces of gear so that they can uh, do their part and check your gear for you. Um, so manage, manage your, your amount of traps you can. Uh, a lot of people do work their way up to 10. It's hard to start off at 10 uh, and get them all the way you want them, uh, the places you want to put them, and then you know, get in on the, on the lobsters. Um, so, yeah, uh, I would suggest uh, working your way up to that. Uh, and then like the 30-minute, 40-minute, if you're fishing on a pier, uh, you can check them a little bit more rapid, especially if you're using flat gear. Uh, or a hoop net that doesn't have that conical top on it. Lobsters can just cruise right in and, and uh, check out your bait. Uh, for the for the conical nets, uh, the lobsters aren't afraid of them. They've they've seen them for probably a few years. Uh, by the time they're legal size, they're about seven seasons old, seven years old. So they've been in and out of those that uh, that trap uh, a bunch of times. Uh, they look at it as probably a little bit of shelter as well as a restaurant. Uh, commercial gear, they definitely uh, are in and out of those uh, that gear uh, all night long, all day long, uh, just getting the bait uh, until that time when when they when they don't get uh, they don't get sent back down to the to the bottom after getting measured. <laughs> right, and and that's an important thing too about getting measured to let our listeners know that everyone that is fishing, not just one person in the group, but everyone that is fishing has to have a measuring device. Is that not correct? That's right. And I suggest having one or two extra uh, on the boat, especially if uh, if you uh, drop one through the scupper or instead of tossing a, a short lobster back, you toss the, uh, the tool back into the water. Uh, I've seen that happen before. But it's always good to have a couple extras. And, uh, and there's a pretty inexpensive uh, way to do that. The uh, Promar gauges are, are inexpensive. Uh, I think this year they're around 6 bucks each. Uh, we put together a nice stainless steel uh, lobster gauge that the commercial guys like to use. Uh, it's a little bit thicker gauge, um, and it's got a sequential number on there, too. So if you wanted to have it uh, verified by weights and measures, uh, it's just one more, one more, uh, I guess, notch in your belt for having, you know, the, the right size gear for, for measuring those lobsters. And we and sell Jeff, those for about 20 Also, yeah, also make go. sure, also make sure that, you know, while you're out there, it's wet, and your pen might not work. So at least have a couple of yeah. pens because you really do need to <laughs> you need to fill out yeah. those, those lobster cards. Yeah, well, absolutely. Hey, uh, <laughs> Jeff, our time for the segment has run out. Uh, I'd like to have you back again, but quickly, tell us about the lobster port in uh, Oceanside and why we should be coming to see you for the lobster gear. <laughs> Well, we're right up here in Oceanside, uh, North County, just right by the harbor here, uh, which is a great harbor to fish uh, for lobsters. Um, really easy to get to off the off the five. Uh, we're open every day except for Monday. Uh, pretty standard business hours, uh, eight to four on the weekend, and nine to six on the weekdays. Uh, phone number here is seven six zero seven two two eight seven two seven. Uh, you can find us on the web at uh, Lobster Port or LP Fishing Supply. Uh, and we do offer free shipping for most items uh, if your order is over $50. There's a few items that are big or long or, you know, long or heavy that, that won't qualify for that. But almost everything for lobster fishing except for the hoop nets would qualify for uh, free shipping. Um, you can find us here. Uh, we'll be back on, the, on your radio show uh, 
hopefully with a midseason recap uh, or towards the end or something like that as well. Well, for sure, I want to uh, get you uh, just right after opening so we can find out how the opening is and check in with you and see how we can fine-tune maybe some of the gear if we weren't successful, what we can do to be a more successful recreational lobster hooper. <laughs> and Jeff Hunt from the Lobster Port, I can't thank you enough for being with us. Again, people want to get a hold of you. How's the best way to do it? Uh, phone number is 760-722-8727, or uh, find us on Instagram, Facebook, at either Lobster Port or LP Fishing Supply. And then our website is uh, LP Fishing Supply as well. All right. Jeff Hunt from the Lobster Port, thanks for being with us. Thanks for all the Thank great you, information. And, and have a successful season. We'll be back yeah, with you em. real quickly. All right. Hey, right, Wendy and I are going to take a break right now, but coming up next is going to be Jim Slight. He's the tournament director for the Paul Leader Memorial. He is streaking across the desert even as we speak. Coming on back from the Wild West uh, uh, Bass Fish House, we're going to maybe find out how he did there. So stay tuned. Jim Slight will be with us after these messages. Hi, this is John, and I'd like to invite you to the new Angler's Arsenal location in Lakeside, California. We put together a staff of experts that'll help you find the tackle and gear you need at a price you can afford. We carry all the major brands, and if you need custom work done, we can do that for you with both rods and reels. How about servicing your old equipment? No problem. We can do it quickly, easily, at a price you can afford. We also do custom hand-poured plastics through Western Plastics. Design the lure of your dreams and catch the fish that have been getting away. So come and visit us in Lakeside. We're at 12255 Woodside Avenue. Or you can visit us at anglersarsenal.com. If you need to call us, we're at 619-466-8355. See you there. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Are you looking for a quality fishing experience out of Cabo San Lucas for you, your family, and friends, but are a little set back with what charter company to choose? We urge you to use American and family-owned Lands and Charters. Lands and Charters offers their passengers affordable and all-inclusive services on a variety of vessels and trips. Fish with the latest of fishing gear while experiencing the hospitality of a long-time-owned family business. Go to LensAndCharters.com to see all of their vessels and amenities available. Call Cobble Greg or Jenny at 800-281-5778 when you're ready for an action-packed Cabo fishing experience. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. 
Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Rod Real Radio is brought to you by BajaBound.com Insurance Services. Are you driving to Mexico? You can buy and print out your Mexican auto insurance policy online in the convenience of your own home or office in minutes now with BajaBound.com's easy-to-use website. After printing your auto insurance, check out the BajaBound.com site. There, too, you will find great travel tips and information to help you get the most out of your next road trip south of the border. So this is an important fact to remember. Use BajaBound.com. It's the easiest way to find and get Mexican auto insurance. Hey, Wendy and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Our next guest, I don't know where he is right now. I think he might be streaking across the Southern California desert. He still might be in Lake Havasu celebrating, hopefully, a victory in the Wild West Bass Tournament. Or he could be at home looking in the refrigerator going, aren't there any leftovers from Friday night? Hey, we got with us Jim Slight from... uh, uh, he's the tournament director for Alcone Ford's Paul Leader Memorial Tournament. Jim, welcome to the show, guy. Hey, John, welcome. I, I'm home. I got out of that heat. I got out of there early. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was 110 degrees there, 117. It was it was hot. Well, the deal is, did the fish, were they cooperative or were they a little stubborn this time there at Lake Havasu? Now the boys seem to get on them pretty good. Uh, the uh, the Williams boys that are local there uh, had 23 pounds today, and they <clears throat> ended up winning it all. They had 16.75 yesterday, so they they had two uh, two good uh, bags, and um, they took the whole they took the uh, the bass cat the uh, the boat that was offered. So you know there was 80 teams, and uh, it was a it was a Southern California Arizona combined. Uh, team tournament for the wild west so looking forward to the next year and see how it goes all right well you know one of the reasons why i ask you we are on the cusp of the alcohol ford paul leader memorial uh, uh team tournament this is an event that has run in san diego since 1999 uh with the support of alcohol ford with Paul Leader over there for many years. And now, through all of this COVID and everything like that, you've got, you've got Paul Dyke and you've got John Blake over there that are standing behind this tournament and wanting to ensure that it goes on into the future. Tell us a little bit about the, uh, the work that they're doing on the back and uh, what some of the fish we could expect to see. Well, John, uh, thanks. You know, as you know, it's the 23rd uh, event of the of the Paul Leader Memorial. When you uh, years ago, some 23 years ago, when it, all the little minds got together and decided to run this thing, uh, it's grown into uh, quite an event. Uh, for the last three uh, three to four years, uh, we've been 
guaranteeing a $10,000 first prize, uh, and we get all the people that, you know, is uh, um, uh, locally that fishes it. So it's good. So, it's, you know, it's a great event, and the guys enjoy it a lot. So, Oh, for sure. Well, you know, one of the things that I know that Paul envisioned, you know, we're talking about going here, going there for fish-offs and some of the guys leaving home. This is an event where the everyday fishermen can team up, fish as a team, fish in a two-day fish-off, and pay, uh, you know, really compete for a really good payout. And you are keeping that tradition alive with the uh, the Paul Leader Memorial now. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's a great, I mean, for $500 for the team, like I said, I mean, we give away the 10000 but we also give away, you know, 1800 well, we give away uh, $250 each day to the big bass, $250 each day to the heaviest stringer, and then we give it for the whole tournament, we give $1,000 away for the big bass and $1,000 for the big stringer. So, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful payback, and the guys, are, like you said, it's nostalgia. This uh, we've been, As you know, John, you ran it for over tw- almost 20, I mean, over 20 years. And it's, uh, it's an event that we, uh, is near and dear to both of our hearts. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, you can't ask for more for the guy. I mean, all we ask for is the participation and, uh, you know, alcohol Ford donates the $10,000 for first prize. There's nothing on the West coast that has a guaranteed first prize of $10,000, you know? So no, it's a great event. Really? How, now let's talk a little and, bit about and, and the, in the you know I, I was going to tell you I the the vent is two lakes you know and they swap lakes on uh, each day they go from if they are on San Vicente on Saturday they go to uh, El Cap on on uh, Sunday and the guys from El Cap go back over to San Vicente so you split the field and it, like you said the way you guys set that up is just a, it's an amazing event John. Well, you know, and what you have to do is you have to fish well both days on both lakes in order to get in into the prize money. And, you know, that's one of the things that Paul actually, you know, envisioned. He didn't want one guy to be slamming it on one lake uh, one day and the other lake, uh, because of the fact it was fished poorly, that the guys would slide right in and win the tournament. You've got to fish well both days on both lakes, no matter what the conditions are. Exactly. So you know, awesome. and these, these, there's, yeah. you know, I mean, these guys are sticks that, uh, you know, the Strelix won it last year and they're, they'll be here. Rusty Saluski is going to be in it. I mean, I've got some real guns of Wade Strelick, Rusty Saluski. These guys are, you know, some heavy sticks that fish the pro circuits too. So it, you have right. to be on when- your game to win this thing. Wendy, you had a comment. Oh, no. I mean, that that's what's so great about this tournament because it makes it an even playing field having the two lakes. And, you know, you can't have one guy that totally fishes one lake, you know, consistently and, and win all the time, and then he's got to go to another one. That So I think it, it just makes it an even playing field, and I think it's great. Right. Now, Jim, tell, tell us about the dates. What is this thing coming on up and? How do people go about entering? Here's, uh, uh, we're on the 25th and 26th of September, uh, of September here. 
That's two weeks away. And they have, uh, you can register either online. You can go to the San Diego Teams uh, Series uh, website and get an entry form right there, and it'll, it'll email it right to me. I have entry forms at your place, John, and all the tackle stores that they can pick up and uh, mail them with a check to my house, and it's on there. The address and everything is on there. And we'll be doing a registration in that on Friday night at the Lakeside Rodeo Grounds. We'll be doing sign-ups there until 7 o'clock. From 4 o'clock to 7 o'clock, we're going to have a barbecue, and uh, we'll come back there for the champions after the Sunday, we'll come back into the rodeo grounds and do our award ceremony with another barbecue. So they get fed wow. the two days. <laughs> it is an amazing event. Plus, you know, I mean, and then uh, we have the, the award ceremony, and then we have product from all the tackle stores, including Mr. John Cassidy donates a, a ton of stuff for this stuff. So, uh, you know, I mean, uh, John, it's a first-class, it's a, just a first-class uh uh, time for everybody here, and I, you know, I enjoy doing it. I knew you enjoyed doing it when you did it, and uh, hopefully we can, like you said, we're getting older, but we want to keep it going. Well, for sure, and especially in memory of uh, Paul Leader, who this this was his his baby, and this was meant as an appreciation to the fishermen of San Diego for their support of Elko and Ford and his way to give back to them and. Uh, over the years, uh, in first place prizes alone, it's uh, it's a tremendous amount of money that uh, the fishermen have walked away with. Oh yeah! Last year, the Strelich not only did they get the ten thousand, they got an additional twenty five hundred. So they won twelve thousand five hundred dollars additional in in uh, bonus prize. You know, like a big stringer of the tournament or a big bass one day or something like that. So that that in itself, I mean. You know, you can win more money at it, too. And then, plus, we pay one and four. On this tournament, we pay down one and four. Last year, we paid, I think, down the 15th or uh, 16th place. So, you know, uh, it's so a good with, tournament. <laughs> so what that means, for those of you that are not familiar with that uh, nomenclature, that for every four people that enter the uh, event, you pay down one place. So... That's a pretty good payback, especially when you're talking about first place being a guaranteed $10,000. Thanks to, to, to Paul and uh, uh, John and the men and women over at Alcone Ford, for sure. Exactly. It is. It's, it's a great payback, and it's a great time. You know, the guys really enjoy it, and uh, we enjoy putting it on for them, uh, John. Now, also, Jim, real quickly, uh, with a few minutes we have left, there's another event that is coming on up, and I, I know we didn't talk about you talking about this, but I think you're pretty, uh, you know, pretty familiar with what's happening for uh, the Wounded Warriors. Uh, can you talk exactly. to us a little was, bit about that? I was going to tell you about it. I wanted to put it at the end here, and uh, we're doing uh, the the Cardiff, which is a group that John's aware of, and everybody. We we formed this uh, committee that uh, during the during the closing of the lakes, we formed it. Uh, uh, to try to help the fishermen to get the lakes open. And I think we helped get these lakes open earlier just with the committee and the letters we wrote and the people we got involved. Cardiff uh, is a, a is called the California Freedom 
uh, Recreation Alliance, and uh, we're going to put on the Wounded Warriors Tournament on uh, October the 3rd, which is a Sunday, which we're going to take out uh, the Wounded Warriors for a day of fishing, and then we're going to come back in, we're going to have a little barbecue, and we're going to have prizes for them and everything else. I'm in the dire need of having, we're going to, we want to have 50 boats. We're right now pushing around 30-something boats. So if, if there's anybody out there that would uh, love to come and take out some wounded warriors, I guarantee you it'll be an experience of your lifetime that you'll never forget. And so if you guys uh, want to uh, get in contact with me uh, to, uh, to sign up for this, you can go to the Cardiff at CA. R A F T uh, San Diego at gmail dot com and All right or pardon me or visit visit your local tackle store because again like the uh, Paul Leader Memorial. All the tackle stores, you've gone around, you've uh, educated the people at the stores uh, here in San Diego, and uh, hopefully they can pick up a form or get they know how to get a hold of you so that uh, we can make this thing an over-the-top event. Exactly. And, you know, it's the first annual one, and we plan on doing it uh, every year. So, you know, uh, the guys, I mean, uh, we just need the fishermen to step up and donate their boats and come on out for, you know, three or four hours. We're only going to... We're actually going to start about 7 o'clock, and then it's about 1 o'clock. So it's not a big deal, but uh, it will be a big deal to them boys and, and to the service people. It doesn't matter, boys or girls. It's, you know, our service people that uh, that's, that's hey, kept us free. Yeah. Go ahead. Wendy? Do you, you guys have it posted on social media? Pardon me? Is it posted on social media? Yeah, it's yeah, and uh, it's on social media. We have a, it's on the Facebook site, and it's uh, it's up around. It should be when the uh, all around. It's on my website, and that and is what, gonna, Jim. And we're going to have the media out there. But John and I are planning on getting in touch with the media to come out to this event too. So uh, that'll uh, that'll be a good thing. And again, just to reiterate the. Uh, El Cajon Ford, Paul Leader, uh, San Diego Team Open is going to be happening September 25th and 26th. You can get a hold of Jim Slight or you can get a hold at your local tackle store. There are entry forms over there. You can leave your your entry form at, uh, at the local tackle store and Jim will come and sign up. And I would say, you know, enter early because this is the grand event here in San Diego and and there's nothing better, and I think the Strelix will tell you, than winning a tournament and maybe taking home $12,000, $13,000 and being able to put your head on your own pillow every night. It's a great thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Hey, Jim, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to be with us. And I, I, I wish that Lake Havasu would have worked out better for you. But I know with these upcoming events, with the Wounded Warrior event in October and the El Cajon Ford Paul Leader Memorial coming on up on the 25th and 26th of this month, that, man, there is still a lot of fishing ahead for fishermen, not only here in Southern California, but in San Diego and that area. So, yeah, good job, my friend. 
Well, thank you, John. Thanks for having me, and I really appreciate all the, you know, when you get the word out about Because both events are worthwhile events, like you said. One of them is uh, in memory of a great guy that donated a lot to this uh, uh, to this fishing community. And then the other one is a, is a fantastic uh, event for people that keep us free for us to go out and do what we're doing and love so dearly. So um, I, I look, I, you know, I'm excited about both of them, John. And, uh, uh, you know, even at the age I'm at, it still pumps me up, buddy. <laughs> you better believe it. And not only that, the fishing at both of these lakes have been outstanding. So, oh my uh, God, you know, yeah. I know in one year, one lake has been down. The other lake has been up, vice versa. This year, I think you're going to have a record catch of fish. I do, too. I think it's going to be, I think it'll be, uh, you know, El Cap is fishing just phenomenal. I mean, I, I, on my day circuit and that, I had a 35-pound limit. So, uh, you know, and then I had a 32-pound, you know. I mean, so it, it's going to be great. All right. Wow. And remember, pick up your entry form at a local tax store here in San Diego or get a hold of uh, Jim Slythe at, uh, you know, San Diego Teams and uh, make sure that you get in the event. Jim, thanks a lot for being with us tonight. Good night, Jim. Good night. Thank you. Wherever you are. (laughs) We'll see you later. Hey, Wendy. That's it for tonight. Thanks a lot for the great contribution, especially the the information on how you did with Captain Chuck Taft uh, on Excalibur. Uh, man, if there's anyone that wasn't red hot to go fishing before to, uh, listening to you, they've got to be ready to go now. <laughs> yeah, get out there. Fishing's good. All right. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for tonight. We want to thank you for listening. We want to thank Otto and the AM 540 Studios, Ben Harvey, our producer here locally, and always in memory of Big Tuna Bill, Eddie McCune, who started this, and Mr. Paul Leader, who helped keep us on the air. So until next Sunday night, that's it for now. Good night, everyone. Go out there and get them. Someone's catching your fish if it ain't you. See you in a bit. I got me a big one staked out. You ain't working anymore. I don't have to work. I got me a piece of Gary. Cows need milking in the barn. I have the twins on that detail. They each take a side. But you just don't give a darn. Getting four bits of cow and hand lotion. You just never seem to lie. Man, you taught me. You ain't got no ambition. You're convincing. Gone fishing. Got your hound dog by your side. That's old Cindy Lou going with me. Gone fishing. Mm-hmm. Fleas are biting at his hound.